Welcome to another episode of the Just a Couple Dudes podcast. I'm your host, Eric Flatiger. And I'm your co-host today, Anthony Michael Cole. And missing with us today is uh, Frank Lewandowski III, as you all know him. Yeah, so today we have a really cool guest. Uh, his name is David Fales. So he's a father, a husband. He's a San Jose State alumni, and he actually holds passing records of both single season and career passing yards and touchdowns for the Spartans. He was also the MVP of the Military Bowl in 2012. He was a six-round draft pick by the Bears in 2014, but he's also played with the Baltimore Ravens, the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, and the New York Jets currently. Does that sound all about right? Yeah, yeah. That's all of them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, man, when I was doing some research on you, uh, I just I realized you know that the climate of the NFL seems like it's a it's a tough go around, huh? For majority of the guys in the league, you kind of sometimes don't know if you're going to be there that week, you know, once the season gets going. But it is, it's kind of a wild ride. But when you stop and think, like, this is this will be year seven for me. It's, like, such a cool experience to to be able to play in the NFL, be on these NFL teams, and be around these guys. Some of these guys I watched when I was in high school. It's just kind of, it's sometimes you get wrapped up in, like, the anxiety of, of making a team or or wanting to be be around, stick around. But when I just think about, I mean, I have an opportunity to practice on an NFL team. It's like that's a that's that was my dream, and I'm living it. So it's pretty, it's pretty surreal. A lot of times when I stop and think about what I'm doing, I'm turning 30 this year, and I'm still doing the same thing I was doing when I was 12. Yeah, man, that's so cool. I I realized that when I was looking at when you got drafted, and was like, man, if you can make it six years, pushing seven years in the NFL, like. God, that says a lot about your work ethic. Yeah, because I want to say like the average stay in the NFL is like what, like two years or something like that? Yeah, I think it's two or three. I don't know. I, I'm sure it varies at position because it just there's not the roster spots the way it works out. I don't I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how by position, what's the average length. But yeah, I've I've definitely gotten lucky too for being around. I've had been around some good coaching staffs like Adam Gase and and down those guys have kind of extended my career and then in time and like crunch time when I'm going to get cut and this is my opportunity in a preseason game that nobody remembers like I, I play well enough to either make the team or be that guy who gets called when someone gets hurt so a lot of things have happened for me to stick around which are kind of like it's just I think everything happens for a reason but I'm mm-hmm. like a lot of things had to happen for me to get to where I'm at even yeah, in college, it's happened. I was gonna say, man. So when I when anyone looks into your your career, especially in college, it seems like you know you you went to Nevada, right? You started off there, surprisingly, on the same team of Colin Kaepernick. You know, you kind of you left there, right? And then, think in total, you're with three different colleges, right? Yeah, yeah, Nevada, MPC, and then in between my two years at uh, junior college, Monterey Peninsula College, I I went to Wyoming for a month. Um, yeah, I was, I was gonna then, say. Too cold up there or what? <laughs> no, my, my dad lives there. He lives like an hour and a half away. So that's kind of why I was I was originally pushing to go there in the spring. Um, but then they didn't have – they wanted me to walk on and I wasn't going to walk on. And then they ended up having a guy quit. And they said if I just paid for a summer class and did the workouts and stuff, they would, they would put me on scholarship as soon as the fall started. But – I went there and, and they kind of they already had a guy, uh, Brett Smith, that was there, and I was just the 
just in case he was a, I think a freshman, he hadn't played yet, but they were definitely all in on him and I, and I wanted to play. So, um, I was there for a month and I just like, I don't even know if I called any of the coaches or anybody. Cause I was kind of, it's just, I, I, I shouldn't have been there to start off. So I, I don't know if I called anyone and I just, I just packed my stuff up and left. Oh yeah, man. I mean, that, you literally took the words out of my mouth. Um, when I was looking at your college career, I was like, you just seem like a guy who really wants to play. You knew you could play, and then you just went wherever you can make that happen. And it yeah. seems like it really happened at San Jose State. I got lucky there too. That was a crazy story. Yeah, and that, and, and I knew I wanted to go D one. I now like will tell people or kids like, mm-hmm. if you go Division one and you don't play, it's gonna suck. If that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. I like I would have I would have I was gonna go to Indiana State after my second year, and they were one double A, but it was the only thing I had last minute San Jose kind of came into the picture and they were waiting on another kid, Ryan Katz from uh, Oregon state. He took too long and they ended up offering me like the day after Christmas last minute. And, and it worked out perfect because it's, it's an hour away from where I'm from. And they were, they were, they had a rough couple of years, but they were really young. They had, they had a lot of freshmen and sophomores that were playing the last couple of years. So it's, it's just tough to, to do well when you're that young. And then why, by the time I got there, there were juniors and seniors that have had ex- two years of experience, three years of experience, and they just needed, they need someone to kind of step in and get them the ball, uh, the receivers the ball. And, and I, I'd been playing the last two years at JC. So it wasn't like I hadn't been playing either. I kind of just stepped into a perfect, perfect team that had already been putting all the pieces together. Already established. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, I was kind of curious, when did it hit you? Because, I mean, we 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 both grew, uh, grew up playing sports, uh, pretty much all of our friends did. When did it hit you when you're like, you know what, I might really uh, play college ball and uh, you know what, I might really get into the NFL one day. How did that like, when did those thoughts start forming in your mind? So in eighth grade, I didn't think I was going to the NFL, but in eighth grade, uh, I got this coach, Peter Goodson, who's now like, He's my number one mentor, role model, not even about football, just life. But he he um, spent a lot of time with me, trained me for free um, all the way from eighth grade through college. He kind of I remember my mom telling me he came up to the car after one workout and was like telling my mom I was going to be good. And I'm, and I, I'm like, huh, I wonder wonder why he thinks that or knows that. My junior year, I ended up playing, which another crazy thing happened because that's that's to get recruited, you need tape. And I and at my high school, not a lot of guys play two years. It's always kind of you go freshman, play freshman, sophomore, play um, your JV year. And then my your, your junior year as a quarterback, you kind of usually sit or play a different position. That's how it's just historically been at this high school. They always have a guy in each class. And the guy, the senior that was playing, he ended up getting hurt early. And I played the whole year. So I had wow. a lot of tape and I ended up playing well. And uh, my coach was telling my mom, because recruiting was different then, too. It wasn't on huddle, everything. You had to send the DVDs and, like, oh, I would sit this. So we would send out these these portfolios of, like, a cover letter, who I am, what I've done, and a, and a disc with a highlight tape. And my coach was telling my mom, like, he needs to go somewhere where he's going to go to the NFL. And I'm like, what? What are you, like, what are you yeah. talking about? I, You're like, I just want to go, just, I just, can I get a full ride somewhere? And, and it was all kind of crazy how fast it happened and then i went to san jose state i went to this was all in a week and a half period because the the camps they have their summer camps all around the same time so i went to san jose nevada utah kansas state and oregon state in like eight days 
Um, yeah. And wow. And, well. and how old were you? Yeah. My junior year. So probably 16, 17. 16 17. Golly. Yeah. What a life. That's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. And I, I, I thought, I thought I was going to get Oregon state cause I threw well there and I thought, maybe Utah, but I ended and I threw well at Nevada, but that wasn't really on my radar because they had Kaepernick. Um, and I, I wasn't fast and I wasn't going to do that, but <laughs> coach all was saying before, before Kaepernick, it was Jeff Rowe, I think was his name or Jim Rowe, Jeff Rowe. And he, he was m- more of a pocket passer, not really doing the zone read thing. And so I was like, okay. And they were the only ones who had offered me and I ended up, we were kind of, me and I remember driving back from the Nevada camp and we were like confused if they really offered me or not. Cause he didn't say like, you got a full ride scholarship coach. All it's like, you got us in your back pocket. And then I went into the other coach's room and he's like, congratulations. You just got your first offer. I'm like, is that, is that what just happened? And then we ended up committing and I looking back, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have committed to that right away just cause the fit. But when, when I didn't, I didn't have any other offers. So that yeah. Was, and you're so new to it. So it's so exciting, you know? Yeah. You yeah, just jump kid, on it. Man. Yeah. And yeah. And you're a kid. You're literally a kid. And it, it's new to my mom too. I was kind of, it was me and her doing it all. And she's like, well commit. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> Mama said. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, huh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done, shouldn't have committed as fast, but yeah, I mean, well, you also have that feeling of like strike while the iron's hot. They're the ones offering, like go for it. But it seems like it's still. I mean, although you you had this illustrious college career, you kind of went from a few different ones. It seems to work out really well. If I'm not mistaken, when you were going to San Jose State, they had a guy who was either from Michigan or left San Jose to go back to Michigan or something like that, right? And then someone uh, that kind of opened yeah, the door. Forcia. Tate Forcier, he was like, and we were in the same high school class, and he had, he was one of. There's always like a handful of guys, like the elite eleven. There's um like ten guys who have offers from everywhere, yep. and he he was one of those guys, and uh, he played he played as like a true freshman again, and and won a couple games, um at, at Michigan, it beat Notre Dame. I think they were ranked. He, he was good, and then I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but then. He ended up leaving there, went to San Jose. He and was there for a spring, and I, I, he, I don't know what happened. He fell out, so they were looking for another guy. And Ryan yeah. Katz was that guy, but he ended up going to San Diego State, who we played, and ended up beating too, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I was gonna say your junior year at San Jose State. That was one of the best years San Jose State has had in a very long time. Correct? Like it was the first time you guys cracked the top twenty-five in decades. Yeah, I don't. I think it might have been the best, the highest they've ever been ranked. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, we were we were good. And and you're just being was, humble. He knows I it mean, is. <laughs> you're just being humble. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 were really good though. Like after we played Stanford that first game, I think we all knew because. And then you kind of watch how Stanford was doing that year. I think they won the Rose Bowl, and. Um, we we had we had the ball with a minute forty to go down the score, had a chance. And, yeah, what was the uh, score like? Twenty, twenty-one, three at half or something like that. Uh, seventeen three, I think, because then it ended up being. I honestly don't even know. I I thought we were like down thirteen seventeen, but I could be way off. Yeah, yeah, that, I but knew that's we had, uh, had a chance. Yeah, I was when I was looking into into the team that year. Uh, that's that was one cool thing I came across. Another thing I came across was the the following year. I think it was 
you guys had this really epic game against Navy, uh, nationally televised. And I think your I looked it up, your numbers were you were 42 of 56 completion, 440 yards and five touchdown passes against Navy. <laughs> like, can you just yeah. can you talk about that game a little bit? What was that game like? Um, I remember we, we were because their defense is kind of easy. They're 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 vanilla on on offense and defense. They just you know what they're going to do. They do it really well. And it's hard to stop them on on defense just because they that's all they do. They got like six plays and they just rep rep the crap. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just run really it down. And then the defense the same thing. They play quarters. I don't know if they're still that way, but that's all they did was play quarters and they just keep everything in front of them. So like, I just remember we had to do a couple trick plays uh, to get some explosive stuff. But then once we were in two minute at the end, I just checked it down the whole way. And then they would play a little man down in the red zone. Um, and then I don't, I forgot how we, we went to like three overtimes. Is that what it was? Triple and, overtime. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy, uh, Keenan, uh, Reynolds broke the NCAA touchdown rushing record for a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's if someone else did, but he, yeah, he, they were, they're getting after us. Well, you know, I think it was barely broken this year by another, by the starting quarterback in Navy again. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so they, of course it's going to be that. Those guys are running backs, basically. I just looked up the score. It was 2017, uh, the Stanford game. Oh, okay. 20 to 17. Wow. So, yeah, we had, we had a chance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one thing when I looked up, when I was looking at, you know, your career numbers in, in college and stuff, and then when I looked at that, that Navy game, you know, you threw for almost 500 yards, five touchdowns, uh, lost in triple overtime. I was like, dude, this guy's a gunslinger. He just threw, like it just seems like would you kind of categorize yourself like that? I never no not really I never thought of myself but um, the more I'm in the league like in in the way I kind of practice and stuff yeah I, I would say more that way but sometimes when I think of a gunslinger I'm like the guy's got a hose just back there sitting yeah. and just throwing <laughs> rockets you know that's never really been me I'm just kind of I got to throw on time and anticipate a little bit but I definitely can make all the throws but I. Like, I guess, yeah, in the NFL, there's just, there's some freaks at every position. It's the best of the best, so. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know what I would identify as as a quarterback. I don't know if I'm, but I definitely let it rip. Especially, once I, there's a different side of me in games than in, like, than in practice. In games, I feel like I'm a lot better. It's easier to just kind of relax and play than in practice. Practice, especially in the league, always trying to be perfect and, when you're trying to be that way, it's hard to perform. Okay. So you feel like it's truly like, you know, a lot of us would even think, you know, you can maybe be a little nervous, you know, uh, seeing these big players, you know, seeing all the people, you know, the fans watching, but you feel like, no, nah, I finally just get to play. It's not my coach is breathing down my back. You feel like you actually feel more relaxed during the game. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you definitely are nervous because you look at the guys across the field about to rip your face off. But in terms of like my job, yeah, yeah. I'm way, cause in practice, if you're not a starter, you're you're not you're not getting all those reps. So you you only have, and especially like early, in the early part of my career, I was always like the third guy. So you might be splitting two reps a period or three reps a period. So you have like you might have like ten plays a, a practice where you gotta, and it's it's hard not to be that way where you you're trying to make a play with those small amount of plays, and half those plays might be run plays. You you don't know. Oh yeah. So it's, sometimes God. you find, it's it's hard not to like 
maybe see the script or see what's coming up and be like, oh, this is my time to make a play. Like, I got to do something here. And then yeah. also, once you start trying to, antis- like, instead of reacting and just playing, you're just you're trying to force things and you're slow doing that. You're just not playing fast. But in the game, it's like, all right, I got a whole half. I can just relax and not. Yeah. It's way different too. There's like, it's, it's hard to be situational sometimes in practice where a game, you know, there's four downs, like it's, it's all situational stuff and you, you play it a little bit differently. Yeah, man. So when you're, when you're QB two or QB three, even, and in your name gets called right um, for an injury or someone gets pulled, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any given Sunday, but do you have that like Willie Beeman moment where you feel like you're just going to puke? <laughs> Is that the kind of nerves you feel yeah. or what's, what's that uh, like? Uh, yeah. Or have you worked your way through it? Or? Like, no, no, it's always, it turns on even, <laughs> like even this last year with the jets, um, they're like a couple times Sam would get hit and I'm like, Oh, he might not, it might be go time. And, and, and I'm like, your body just flips a switch where like adrenaline is real. All of a sudden, like I was cold, stiff, and like now I grab a ball and it's just boom, ready to go. I don't know if yeah. I necessarily get nervous anymore. Like and I never really got nervous, but sometimes you don't know how well you know stuff until you played. Yeah, and until you're thrown that, into the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like I never. This is like all stuff I've had to learn in the NFL because I've in my whole college career in high school I played every year. So there was never a question, do I know this? Can't like, do I really understand this? Cause there's a lot of things going on at the line of scrimmage. And before you even snap the ball that sometimes you do without thinking when you're playing. So when you're not getting those reps, you got to really go over them and make sure you simulate some way to get that mental rep and make sure you're dialed in. But now I've been with, with Gase like four years will be five. Like I, I, I know, I know his stuff. So it's kind of ingrained in me and I'm not like, that's not a question for me that am I going to be able to go out there and execute and get these guys in the right spot? Um, Yeah. When I saw you, yeah, I was going to say, when I saw your relationship with, uh, with Adam Gase, it kind of reminded me of uh, Bruce Arians and uh, Drew Stanton, you know, like he's got a guy. Mm -hmm. It seems like coaches have their guys, people who are familiar with their system, what they're running, what they're trying to accomplish. And so uh, can you speak to that relationship? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kept me in the league for sure, because even like last year I was out for, for a while and, and his relationship with other coaches kind of helps me as well. Um, but it, he, my, my first year I got drafted by Phil Emery and Mark Trestman. They ended up getting fired after that year. And then coach Fox and, and Adam, uh, and, and Gaze came in and that was my first year with him in 15. And, um yeah since then i was there and then he left went to miami 17 brought me back to miami 18 brought me and then 19 brought me back after being with detroit um and even though like it's like even last year so many crazy things had to happen for me to stick around and to get another chance this year it's but it's all about just being ready and and when those opportunities present themselves you have to be ready otherwise they can just go on by and you won't even know. Oh yeah, man. So did you have a, uh, you know, what was your welcome to the NFL moment? Or like, uh, yeah. Did you have like a, okay, I just got into the NFL and like, did you have like a time to treat yourself kind of moment? Like, did you make a big uh, like, purchase or go somewhere? Um, I don't, I, I never, I didn't buy a truck until like my second or third year because I didn't need to. We we there was like a, a Mazda Mazda dealership out in Chicago that 
would let guys drive cars. So I, I did that for a while, but I would say, yeah, I don't know. I never really, I didn't buy anything. I just bought my first house, uh, this year. I've, I, I got, um, a Raptor, which was like the thing I wanted when I first came into the league. Yeah. I saw so, pictures of it, man. It's beautiful. Hell yeah. That's like my dream truck. Yeah. Yeah. That, I wanted a challenger, when I was first coming in, but then I'm like, okay, Chicago, not practical anywhere. I might be probably likely there's going to be some weather. So Raptor was the next sport. Yeah. Oh yeah, practical. for sure it is. Um, so what was your, did you get any rookie hazing? No. Um, I mean, they do like, they do it a little bit. They'll, they'll make you in training camp, like get up there in front of the team, say who you are, signing bonus, like sing a song, you're, you're, your school's team song or something or any song that it, it wasn't bad my year um, with Mark Trustman. I, it's usually kind of handled within the position group and I had Jay Cutler and he, he was, he was pretty reasonable. I don't remember anything that was like horrible. Um, I had to sing a song in front of the team, but that was everybody, all the rookies on the last day of camp had to get in there and sing a song. Um, wow. <laughs> Uh, so been, yeah, it's been worse on other teams though. I was the same man. You've played on some teams with some real talent, some super talented individuals. Uh, one of them that stuck out to me was like you, you got to play with Jarvis Landry in Miami, right? Yeah. Beast. Yeah. So what kind of if you if you could just think off the top of your head, what's one of the most just physically gifted uh, people you've gotten to play with? Mm, physically gifted. I guess on the uh, offensive side of the ball, we'll say. Yeah. Um, Kyle Long, one of the most like physically gifted people I've been around. It's just crazy how athletic he is um, and how easy he makes things look. And he's just so big and strong, like naturally. I mean, he, they, they work at it, but like his, the way his hips move and stuff and how fast he is, is it's that's a gift for sure. Um, and there's a lot of quarterbacks like – being around uh, Jay Cutler, super, super talented. Stafford last year, super talented. Um, like just the way the way they both throw the ball, it's like with ease. It's kind of just different, and you don't really know until you kind of are around them and see the different throws they make. And you don't always – I don't know if you see that sometimes in games. Like you know they're gifted, but once you've been around a lot of guys, there are some that are different. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the craziest thing is I noticed, you know, if you watch a football game on television, like you can see some of that and it looks cool and whatnot. And then if you go to a game, first thing I notice is how big everyone is. And the second thing you, you like the level of just talent, just you, it's really apparent in person that you can't quite capture on television. Yeah. yeah, That's so the thing. So yeah. When you're messing with these athletes that are that good, it's like, they just make it look so easy. It's like, you know, even just like watching the Olympics when they get on those iron rings, it's like, they make it look so easy. But then you're like, oh yeah, yeah. I could never do anything even close to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so who's uh who would be one of the most frustrating defensive backs you've played against? I that I played against. I mean, I, that we've game planned against and stuff that I, I didn't play against. But Xavier Rhodes, like in 2015 oh, and 16, when I think he was still in his first contract with Minnesota, he was like locked down. I haven't seen him the last couple of years, but. When I was in Chicago and we were playing against him, the, he was good. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. man. Um, He's so lanky. Between either the NFL or college, man, uh, what was one of your favorite stadiums to play in? Navy in college at Navy was pretty cool. 
Oh, I can imagine. Um, yeah, that would be. Because they fill what? I mean, especially college stadiums, you can fit like 80, 90,000, right? NFL stadiums, are they see actually smaller amounts. Yeah, there's some big ones. Um, but they, they were there wasn't a lot of people. They're just so on top of you and close to you. And mm. they got the horns and stuff. And that one was pretty – that was a, just a cool experience. Um, I don't know. There's a, a lot – all the – oh, Baltimore last year, Thursday night um at baltimore that was pretty cool oh they, i can uh, imagine the, yeah they're when they're they're playing well and they're rolling and they're they're pre-game when all the guys were coming out though that was cool it, it was like blacked out and then you just see these like fireflies and this music and i'm like wow this is so cool and the, like i don't know they're all they're all cool in their own way in the nfl it's all it's all green bay green bay is super cool I mean, I bet just even as a, I mean, you're obviously an NFL player, but you're also grew up as a fan of the NFL. So, I mean, that must be so surreal to like, you go from being a fan and then now you're on the sideline going to these stadiums. It's always a crazy experience. Like when the national anthems go on, I just kind of like take a breath and look around. I'm like, wow, how cool is this? Like, especially when I'm getting nervous or something for no reason. This is such a cool experience just to be here. And then it's the times that I've been cut and out of the league, you just miss it and appreciate it so much more when, when, when I finally am back. Oh yeah. Yeah. That actually kind of reminds me of a question like, you know, so you're surrounded by just being with dudes all the time where literally it's just like testosterone is just dripping off the walls, you know? And uh, do you have any like really funny stories or things that you're just going to like, you know, 30 years from now, just look back and laugh or just be like, man, that was, that was some good times, you know, like whether it's locker room on the field or just yeah. hanging out with guys uh, that you've, you've been teammates with, you got any good stories? Any war stories? I yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of, like, nights out, I guess, like, with the guys in San Jose. There's so many good times with them. Um, downtown San Jose, we were winning all the time. It was fun. Uh, Chicago was such a cool experience, and the guys there on that team were, were pretty close. I don't know if I have any specific stories for you right now, but yeah, <laughs> Chicago was a good place to, it was a good place to, like, start. Because the city is so cool. And I think the the coaches I had and the and the guys I had when like my first year Jay Cutler and Jimmy Clausen those guys were very were super helpful and kind of developing me and and Matt Kavanaugh who was a backup in the league forever and has coached forever I think that's huge too to like extending guys career who you're with and who you kind of build your base on because there's there is a learning curve I wouldn't say there's as much there is a physical curve I guess but it's all the mental stuff and. And especially at the quarterback position, I think getting in with with good coaches and um, like veterans around you can can really help you and like speed up the process because you're only going to get so many opportunities. And it, I mean, depending on where you're drafted to, you're going to get more opportunities. But like me, I, I like I didn't have many, especially after that staff got fired. You got to show show some signs of promise. Um, and I in my second year, I ended up playing well with Gase because I think I, I was going to get cut that year but i played well in the fourth game and it kept me around ah, that's awesome man um so what does a work week in the nfl look like like what's your uh kind of like your schedule or like what you do to prepare sunday will be a game obviously and then uh, that's a normal just a normal one o'clock game and then monday monday and tuesday kind of either will be a rest day some teams are different but usually with gase it's monday we'll come in get a lift um watch the tape 
either as a position group or as a team, just depending on how it was, um, how it went, if we needed to watch it as a team and go over things, or if we need to just watch it individually and make corrections, um, or we'll watch like a first quarter together and then kind of break up. Um, so Monday's like kind of a recovery day. Tuesday's day off. You always get one day off and you'll probably still come in, um, get a head start on first, second down, which is Wednesday. Um, or watch a couple games, get a preview and first and second down. And then Wednesday's a long day. Come in early, install first and second down for a couple hours, then go out, practice, eat, recover, do whatever, chiropractor, massage, anything you need, and then meet again for like an hour and a half. And then usually the quarterbacks, that'll take you to like 435, kind of depending on where we're at in the in the year on the schedule because they'll, they'll cut back as the year goes on. The quarterbacks will stay a little later, get a preview of third down, which is for Thursday. Thursday is kind of the same day as Wednesday. Just now it's all third down, third down, and there might be a, like a little bit of red zone third down or, or um, just some of red zone because then Friday's another red zone day. Red area day, uh, but Friday's usually a half day, so we'll probably be out by two. And then Saturday, come in, review, either travel or you get a couple hours off, and then you meet at the hotel Saturday night, and then um, meet, walk through, sleep, game on Sunday, and then do it all over again. Wow. So it's, when you're in the season, man, you're just, I mean, that's your life, obviously, right? Yeah, it sounds like yeah. you kind of have a day off, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, even even when you, I mean, it, it is it, it's a day off because compared to the rest of the days, but you're still you know, you still got to go in and do stuff. But yeah, it's it, it's full go, for sure. What's um, what's off season look like then? Off or or season, cor- what's then. quarantine off season look like? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, this 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 off season has kind of been like my first uh, the last two. My first couple of years, I had like shoulder surgery, then I had another issue, and then. Yeah, these last two two years, I've had a real off season, I would say. But this year, bought a place, so that was kind of because we were staying at my wife's parents' house, and and that was getting getting hard for us just because we had so much stuff, and and then my daughter, so we we knew we were gonna buy a place. It was just kind of figuring out where and how much, and and my wife's pregnant now too, so that was kind of like, do we want to live here close to her parents and my mom, or? Do we want to look somewhere else where her brother's up in Oregon or my brother was in Colorado? Like those are things we're throwing out there, but I don't think we're ever really realistically going to happen because we're both from, from Salinas here in California. So, yeah, I, so I was going to say, dude, I never got to congratulate you on your first kid. And then now I just found out, you know, with her being pregnant. That's yeah, awesome, that's, man. That's amazing, yeah. dude. Yeah. 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 It's, it's nuts. It's a whole different world, but it's so cool. That's what I was going to ask you too. One of my questions is like, what's the quarantine life like right now with wife and kid? And now I've, now we find out a pregnant wife and kid, like, you know, I'm sure you're so busy with football and NFL doing stuff, training, and now you're at home, I, I assume, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been nuts. Cause we, we were looking for a place in February and in March and then put an offer in a couple houses, didn't get them. And then we ended up, uh, put an offer on a place and closing 12 days. Like we closed the day that the, the shelter in was put in place in, in our area. It kind of timed up perfect because we, I got everything moved in and we've just been unpacking really for like last month going through everything. I mean, my, my wife's a trooper and she's been awesome and she helps out a lot with my daughter. So just trying to manage my time with training. And that too is just getting like the, 
the gym set up, um, getting like my little office space and getting everything ordered because everyone's like ordering gym equipment right now. Everyone's trying to make their home gym. So the stuff you need mm-hmm. is all sold out, but I was able to get, I, I got, got some stuff, some dumbbells, kettlebells, a platform and got some other stuff coming. Cause I don't, I don't know how long we're going to be in this or when they're going to let, if, if they're going to let us have an off season. So, um, getting it all set up and it's been, we've been unpacking really getting everything situated slowly. Dude. So, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, your wife and your kids and stuff. Okay. So what was more nerve wracking, you know, that first day you walk into the NFL and it's first day of practice, you know, you're going to be seeing these big NFL players, you know, they're going to give you shit or when your wife hits you with my water just broke. <laughs> like which one, which one was a little bit, which one is scary. Cause I imagine both would be so intimidating. Well, so we, we, with my daughter, we induced her on Sunday night. Like, cause I had her in the season. We, or I didn't have her. My wife had her <laughs> two years ago. It like week two after we were playing the jets when I was with Miami, we came back and she, they induced that night and she didn't end up having Bodie, my daughter, until Tuesday morning. So, um, oh wow, that is yeah, yeah. And if that that was definitely my heart was pumping way more for that than any football game I've been in because because the doctor we've had we had out there um, worked with a lot of athletes and was pretty flexible and trying to make things happen so that the so that the dad could be there because he's dealt, he's dealt with other guys on the team in, in Miami. Um, and he, but, and I knew, I knew this, he was going to have me cause he, he walked me around and had me like get there and pull my daughter out. I was in, I was under center. And, oh, uh, shoot. Dude. <laughs> That's nice. dude. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't, I knew that was going to happen, but he never really talked about it. He's like, here, get your stuff on, get your glove, get your mask on. And, um, I knew he was going to do it cause he, another guy on the team had, he did that to him too. So I was, but we didn't talk about it. it was, that, my heart was definitely racing for oh, that. So that's like, one please. you cannot fumble. Oh yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a crazy experience. I was like, yeah, yeah they don't really do that that much these days either. So, I, so yeah, I'm cause I, sure. I'm actually a nurse by trade. So I, you know, I've, you know, went through clinical and stuff like that and yeah, that's not done very much, but that's crazy. That's cool that you got to do that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. My my mom's a nurse too out here. Um, it's crazy. Are you guys have you guys been affected? You know, we by coronavirus. So I work on a cardiovascular ICU. So they actually try Phoenix. to keep. Yeah, here in Phoenix. Sorry, and um, and so they actually try to keep the real real sick people away from uh, our patients just because they're so critical that yeah. you know they you know a cold after this surgery could wipe them out. So yeah. let alone the COVID-19. Um, surprisingly, Phoenix has not got hit as hard as we expected. Um, I mean, we've definitely quarantined everything down. We're still all quarantined. Um, they've even like opened up like abandoned buildings, like kind of a pre- preparation for uh, yeah. these coronavirus patients. And we have not had to u- utilize them yet. And uh, hopefully things stay that way. Um, I do think we are predicting that they're going to reopen stuff. You know, people are going to be going back to work and it's inevitably going to cause a slight surge in more coronavirus patients because of it. Um, but, but it's also, it's a, it's a tough thing to decide because, you know, people are losing their jobs. So now all of a sudden they're not paying bills and like, it's just like, you know, it's, it's a tough decision to call which way they should go. Uh, believe it or not, actually, both of my parents got uh, coronavirus. Um, oh, they, 
Yeah. Um, they luckily their, their symptoms weren't too, too terrible, but they were both, they were pretty much on lockdown in their house for a little over three weeks. So yeah, they just, they, they couldn't they do it. Do they know how they, they got it? Yeah, actually, uh, my dad, he's like, I guarantee I got it out of Panda Express. There was this guy, this was like before quarantine, <laughs> like a Chinese restaurant, a fast food Chinese restaurant of all places. But uh, yeah, uh, this was like before California, New York, anybody was on quarantine. Um, he was like, there was this guy just literally hacking along, not covering his mouth, just being disgusting. You know, he's like, probably going to get that stupid disease. that's like across the, and then literally he got sick and then my mom got sick and then they were sick for like a month. But yeah, it was, it was crazy. And it just, and we lucked out uh, me and my sister and the rest of our family, because like, we just never, every time we were going to meet up with them before they even displayed symptoms, uh, we plans fell through. And so I never even got near my parents. So I never got sick with it luckily because especially with me working in the hospital, uh, you know, I'd have been out of work forever because if I even have like a slight cold, they're not, they're not, they're not letting us walk in. Like they check your temperature as soon as you walk into the doors. Yeah. It's so crazy. Oh well, yeah. It's good that your parents made it out and yeah, I appreciate it, man. How, how it's crazy how the drastic like changes between how it affects people. Like some people you won't even know. And then other people they're, they're in the hospital on a ventilator. It's crazy. Well, I know, man, I keep thinking about football. I keep thinking about the NFL and I'm like, you know, the NBA season suspended, MLB suspended, the XFL disbanded. And now we're not too, too far away from, from August, you know, from, from football time. And I'm like, are people, are there going to be stadiums with 70,000 people in a couple months? Like, I hope so. Yeah, I doubt it. I I mean, I just, I just don't, I don't see how you can be unless the testing is like, seriously ramped up because it just takes one person and then you got a big problem oh yeah and i mean can you imagine well now there's some i've seen some nfl players a couple nfl guys and i think coaches too like sean payton and stuff we're all testing positive for covid i mean obviously they have plenty of time to recover but yeah yeah, man it's kind of weird i i hope not i love the nfl and you know i don't want to watch a game with zero fans because i feel like there's a reason why they call it the 12th man, you know, like can you imagine playing in an NFL stadium that's empty? It'd be so, so weird. It would be way weird. That um, would be insane. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, unless the testing ramps up, I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think the season's definitely happening. It's just whether there'll be people in there because, and, and, and it's going to, there's going to be like drastic changes for us as well. I think because what happens if, one of your starting players or one of your, your coordinators gets it. Like, are they out for two weeks? And Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, you can't. It's going to be so hard to do that during a season. I don't know. Well, even you want to talk about getting, you know, sick. It was, it was last year, right? With Sam Darnold and he was sick and he was out for a while, man. And, you know, can you imagine if, you know, Tom Brady gets the flu and it's COVID he's out for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like how crazy that would be. I know, or or Belichick, you know, like yeah, it's, it's crazy, dude. It might take yeah, out so, Belichick if he got it. I don't like, know. Seriously, just, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to make. Definitely, there's gonna be some changes um, in order for everything to happen safely. Yeah, big time, man. So, uh, just to change gears a little bit, man. So, thinking back on so far what you've been able to do, like in the NFL, what was one of your favorite moments you've had that you know you either got to experience? Um, on the sideline or when you were in the game? Can you think of anything like that? 
I mean, throwing my first touchdown, it was a preseason game. That was pretty cool. And it wasn't anything crazy. It was a slant, but uh, to San Antonio Holmes. Oh, he man. Did the, oh, wow. he, yeah, he did, he did the rest. But it was, that was kind of cool. Um, playing, like, in my first actual regular season game in 2017 was, was really cool. I was super sick which sucked, but I knew this was kind of like my, my one chance to keep, keep it going. Um, and that, that was fun. Um, I don't know. I've had a, like a lot of crazy experiences. Uh, in 2018, we played in the longest game ever, uh, against the Titans week one because of the <laughs> weather. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, oh yeah. It was like, like thunderstorming, like crazy, right? Yeah. We didn't finish till like eight. It was, it was nuts. Yeah, how long was the game? When did it start? And when did it end? One, and it was oh seven or eight. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, I mean, there's so many like cool moments that have I've got experience that I think I'll I'll probably reflect on more when I'm done. Right now, it just always seems like it just goes so fast. Like as soon as I'm done, I kind of chill for a month or so, and then I'm figuring out what I how, how am I gonna start working out? What do I need to work on? What, like this year has kind of been nuts because I'm um, just buying a place and then everything that was going on with the coronavirus. Um, oh man, different. this has been the craziest year of my life personally. I can imagine it is for most people. And so, like you said, yeah. you know, NFL goes by so fast. It's so surreal. It's so crazy. So between all the different organizations that you've been with or the jets that you're currently with, do they kind of prepare guys? Do they have any kind of classes or things to prepare guys for life after football? Or is it kind of like, Hey, you're at the show and then it's over. Yeah, no, they, they, they do. Um, some are better than others in terms of like presenting it to guys, but because there's with the NFLPA, they have different um, off season classes that you can go to. They have relationships with other companies that will kind of um, put together a resume for you or get your LinkedIn going. And then you kind of figure out your interests and, maybe do a job shadow um, or, or some internship or something during the, during the off season. Um, they definitely have things and other like weekend programs um, that you can sign up for and they'll, they'll reimburse you um, as long as you go and complete it. Um, but they, they definitely have stuff um, that kind of help guys. I haven't been in that position yet, but there's a lot of programs and stuff that they have for guys, whether I, I would think it's, it's been pretty successful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, they definitely have stuff put in place for guys that'll help them kind of develop different skills and figure out what they want to do. That's good to hear. Cause honestly, I mean, we, we, you know, as a fan, you know, we don't, we don't ever know any of this stuff. So we have no idea. It's like, do they just, you know, throw them out into the wind and just like, all right, no, good luck. You know, hopefully you built yeah. a name for yourself. Yeah. You, know? you get a start a pizza chain or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's hard. Like people ask me all the time, like, well, what do you want to do? Especially, and I, and I freak out all the time now that I, I've had, I have my daughter and a, and a son on the way and I'm still playing football and I'm like, I, I don't, it's not that I don't think I can do anything else. It's like, what would I be passionate enough to work at and be excited about? That's like kind of where it's, it's been difficult for me. Like I'll just kind of put my my toe and everything for a second. And I'm like, yeah, sure. It seems cool, but I don't really know until I've done it. You know, all I, all I really know is football. I haven't spent a significant time in anything like where I can actually tell you, Oh, this is something I can do for the rest of my life or 
for the next couple of years, you know, I just, that's, that's been the hardest thing for me is like, well, what do you, people ask, well, what do you like? I'm like, I don't know. All I've been doing is football. Um, yeah. and I haven't really got to like dive into anything to see, you know, like I like a lot of things, but, but what I, what I really am passionate about, I'm not sure. And I know I, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure yet. I yeah. Can't. I haven't really had enough time to dive into anything like significantly. You know, I mean, it's funny because uh, me and Eric were just talking about this the other day. We talk about it with a lot of our friends. It's, uh, you know, we've all had different careers. You know, me and Eric uh, are 28 years old. Uh, Frank is what, maybe 31? 31. 31. And uh, we we have those exact same thoughts that uh, that you have because it's like, you know, we've always said we are like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. You know, we just have a lot of interests. And um, yeah. that's even kind of why we have this podcast, honestly. It's not like we just, because this is by no means, it's not a sporting podcast. This is, we talk about a bunch of different subjects. Um, really, our big goal here is just like, you know, bettering people's lives, young men's lives, or, you know, it could be middle-aged, you know, men, whatever. But, uh, but just hearing the different things of life and, uh, and how you can better prepare your own life. And it's just, uh, we just figured out what we want to do just by trying it. It's like just going out there and just doing the damn thing, you know, like we tried this job out and we we're like, okay, I learned this from there, but this is something I don't want to do. So, I mean, yeah. the thing is, is like, yeah, you get scared, but man, you'll figure it out. And it sounds like, uh, just like with your attitude when you're like speaking in your college years where you're like, yeah, I could have just gone straight D one, but I, you know, I just, I wanted to play, you know, and you, when you got that heart, you know, where you're like, I just want to be successful. I want to get out there and I want to do it. You'll find it. And, uh, I think that's the most important thing is having that drive and, uh, so I, I think you'll, I think you'll definitely figure it out, man. It's just like, I mean, we haven't even quite figured everything out yet. We're, we're still young pups. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. It kind of reminds me of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said after he uh, he retired from the WWE, he was like, man, I was just hunting, fishing, and drinking beer. And after I did that for a year or two years, he's like, I don't want to do that anymore. And then, you know, now he's got like, I don't know, three different shows, a podcast. He He's doing all this other stuff. So, yeah, there's always going to be that weird uh, that time after you finish whenever. Hopefully, you're not done for the with the NFL for a long time. But when that finally does yeah. come to an end, you know, you there you'll find something else. Um, but that's cool. I, I like to hear that. You know, teams or organizations have maybe something that they can help their players think about at least, because that's got to be a thought on everyone's mind, right? You get into the league. I mean, you're the one percent of the one percent of the one percent, right? Um, so that it's it's just such a crazy thing, and especially for you to be able to be in for as long as you have been. That's such a blessing. Yeah, definitely. I think. I mean. I've I've been in the league enough too that it hasn't really that when that time comes I've had it I've had it almost come like a numerous times so I've had time to like prepare myself like oh, okay like that's what that's yeah like mentally like, prepare you know? yeah yeah because a lot of guys don't because there's so many rookies and undrafted guys that that end up getting cut you know they were there for three months and they they were all they've done is football their entire life. And, um, I mean, I mean, college athletes go through it all the time. They, they, everyone's going through it, you know, and all you've done is football and then you got to figure it out. But I think maybe college guys have more time, you know, when your college football season ends and you're planning to go to the pros, that's all you're doing still is training, training. So it's, it's hard for everyone. And I think I've had, if I would have gotten cut my first like three years, it would have been, I mean, I did and it was hard. Um, but I had in 2017, I was at home for like a month in September 
and then Gason ended up bringing me back after there was an injury. So, like, I, I kind of knew w- what path I could go down um, if it ended, you know, next year. So, I, and I've just been taking steps to kind of like, hey, it's going to be okay. I'm, I'm in a good position. I'm fine. Like, and I will be able to do other stuff. Because that's the thing. It's like, if you haven't had that exposure to anything else, it's just everything's scary because you don't know. And, um, but the more I've, I kind of look at my playbook and I'm like, damn, look at all this stuff I do so fast and don't even think about. Like, I think I might be able to do something else. I'll be all right. But for yeah. some reason, if you're like, if you're not talking with, with other people or getting that exposure, like you kind of start doing the self-talk. You're like, am I going to be able to do anything else? Like all I've done is football, but no, there's so many things that I, I think I, that football relates to and can help help in life after football. And it's just, making that um, relationship between the two, using the skills that uh, we've developed as athletes. And then I think going to the NFL is just a whole nother level of skill that guys need. And it could definitely translate. It's just figuring out what, what are you passionate about and what do you want to put the time in to work at? Cause you know, you have the skills to learn and work with other people and be in a leadership position. So um, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Yeah, that was a dude. That was a good ass answer. That was good. That's exactly yeah. This that's we wanted an answer where we just that was that was really good. That was really in your own words. That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny like through all the different people we've talked to through this uh, podcast, uh, we've we've learned we've learned one thing, and it's like being mentally prepared for things, especially the unknown. You know, there's there's certain things we can control, and there's certain things we can't. And uh, I, just you even talking about like being you kind of mentally prepared for, yeah, one day I'm going to be out, you know, and I think so many of us don't do that. We even talked to this guy. Uh, his name's Derek. He lives out there in California. And uh, he literally this, tell me this is an interesting concept. He he prepares people for death because like everyone dies one day and he's like, but no one ever tries to prepare that like they might lose their wife one day or, you know, their, their, uh, their, their parents one day. And so he's like a death, you know, it was a lot of life coaches, but he's like a death coach. And it's just, uh, and no matter what job you do, uh, you've got to be mentally prepared, you know, and you've got to practice that, that mentality. So that's, that's good to hear. You're already doing that, man. It's good. Yeah. That'd be, I wonder what, like a death coach entails, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, the cool thing about Derek, shout out to Derek McCormick. So he wrote this book called tea time with the Reaper. And so it's about, it kind of chronicles his life with his wife um, before she died from cancer. Um, And actually his very first episode of his podcast, it's just him reading the book. And I didn't even know actually when I first listened to it, that he was reading it because he, he does it so well and it's quick, you know, in an hour, it's pretty much it's quick read, but it's kind of thinking about that being prepared for, for the absolute unknown and just being ready for it. And then, like you said, you've been cut before, so you can really appreciate moments like right now where you're, where you you're on a team, you're with an organization. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I had a coach, like, I forgot which coach it was, but it said like live, live with anticipation a little bit. And when I think of that and everything I do, it makes everything so much easier. It's like when I walk into the house, I can anticipate that there's probably three different things going on. And I can prepare, you know, instead of being blindsided by something or like when I'm running or something, instead of being shocked by how hard it is, like anticipate this part, this part's going to be hard. So breathe a little bit now or just everything, lifting weights. And, you know, I don't know, I, the, the saying live with anticipation kind of makes me think of, about a lot of things and how you can kind of prepare and um, 
differently than if you're just kind of going through the just rolling with it a little bit I guess you know you're not really shocked by anything you can kind of plan on your day and I don't know no oh, yeah I was really going with that but no no it's true though it's it's like that saying you know you hope for the best and everything but you're expecting the absolute worst you know, so you expect yeah. that. So you use that pressure to really prepare and be ready, but you hope for the absolute best, but you're, you're ready for that moment, you know? Um, so growing up, did you have a, you know, especially even now, do you have a favorite, favorite quarterback or favorite player that you kind of idolized and kind of looked up to? Um, my, my dad was a big Dallas Cowboys fan. So I was Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and all those Ooh, guys. I like your dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, as I like started playing the position and watching football a little bit as I got older, I was always a fan of Drew Brees, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, oh, awesome, um, Brady, young young Roethlisberger. I forgot, I don't <laughs> know what grade I was in, but he he was a baller. He still is a baller. Um, but those guys, I mean, I, I definitely still follow them. Um, like Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady. Um, I was always a fan of those guys. Oh yeah. Those are, those are some of the best. Yeah. It's even now still today. It's in, it's kind of crazy too, to see those guys getting up there in ages where, you know, 10 years ago would have been unheard of almost. And they're still just pushing the envelope on how good they can be. It is crazy. I'm like, I think of seven years and I'm like, 13 more years of, of what I've already been doing. It's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I was, so I was going to ask you, you know, uh, like we said, we talked to people from all walks of life, you know, uh, what is some advice you could give to, it doesn't matter what you do in life. Uh, what can you do to, to be successful or, or what can you even decide, define what success is, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think um, the last, just kind of knowing who you are and what you want, I think that's been um, like my journey the last couple of years, especially being cut and kind of like, like, what do I want to do? What do I like? You know, I've been always, I, oh, I found football at such a young age that I never really took the time to, to figure anything else out. Um, so I think like getting to know yourself a little bit, I, I like kind of, especially having a daughter time management is huge now. So I'll, I'll get up early and like meditate or journal or something. And, um, just kind of figuring out like what I like to do, what I, what I want to do and what my passion is. Um, and then just, and then getting clear on that and kind of putting a plan together, um, and not having to do it all in one day, you know, and not putting that pressure on myself, but, I don't know. I don't know if I have really one thing that would make anything successful. I know that for me, and I don't, I never think I'm that athletic of a guy, but I, I guess in like general population, I'm pretty athletic, but I've spent a lot of time throwing footballs. So like I've, I had that coach that I told you guys about earlier that would, I would throw two hours a day, five days a week, like for four to five years. So like I think about how much time I spent at getting good at something and, and, and it, it ended up working for me, you know, it took me to the NFL. And so I know that if I find something and put that time in, um, and I probably could have, I think, worked smarter, uh, the more I've gained experience and with football and playing the position, like I don't need to throw the ball five times a week. I can, I can strengthen my core. The most. 
David, are you there? Let's see if your oh. your headphones are plugged in. Okay. I think. Did you cut? Did oh, cut he, out there? okay. No, sorry. Yes, just cut out for a moment. My, yeah, my brother. Uh, my brother just called, but I don't know how to. I just put on night mode. I guess. Can you guys still hear me? Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. We got you now. Okay. Now. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. Yeah. Just. Just. Put a plan together. Working hard. I guess. Um. Yeah. Uh, and. The, go ahead. I go ahead. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have one specific thing to help guys be successful, but I just know that like for me to get to this position, it took so, so much, many hours and time put in to get to this point. And some people are more gifted. Like I think I had to work a lot harder to kind of develop the skills um, to get to this point, but, and some people are, are more athletically gifted, but then they're going to have to spend a little bit more time on the mental aspect or, or some other part of the game to get it up to speed. But um, it's just anything you want to be elite in is going to take time. Mm-hmm. So understanding that. Yeah. I think I've read somewhere. This is actually in uh, my neuroscience class of all things. This was in uh, undergrad. Uh, I think it talked about to be an expert in anything. It, it, t- it like averages, I think it was 20,000 hours of hard work. So it's like, yeah, so it's just like, it's basically what you just, you know, what you just explained to sum it all up. It's just working really hard and uh, being determined and just not giving up because there's going to be hard days. And it's like, yeah, you got to work through those hard times. That's basically what it sounds like you said, you know? Yeah. I feel like now too, there's so many, like I, and I experience this still and I have to find it. Like you can go on your phone and find 10 different ways to get one outcome and everyone and every 10 says that's the best way. It's like so hard not to get influenced that way. And all of a sudden you're like doing 10 different things and you're not really getting good at any of them. And now you're not doing anything. So I like just picking something. And that that's like when I think about, okay, how did I get good? Like I was doing the same drills for like five years and it, it kind of, and it worked, you know, I, I was able to throw a ball and I've gone stronger and figured it out the more I went on. But like sometimes less is more and figuring out what works for you because what works for you isn't going to be the same for someone else. And it it might not be relatable, but there might be somebody who looks like you or went through kind of similar things or body type that you can kind of, I can watch or, or fix and kind of see like, Hey, what they do and it might relate, but it's not all, not all the same. If that makes sense. Kind of rambling. No, no, no. It's good. No, I, I agree with the same with, with what you just said, whether it's like losing weight or anything, uh, it's like you do all this research on what you want, like what your end goal is, the product you want to make or whatever. But then it ultimately just comes out to just doing the damn thing, you know, just yeah, go out there yeah. and do it. And then you're going to learn more doing it often than even than the research you did prior. But uh, yeah. I know Eric, Eric kind of wants to end on a a more fun note or are you going to say, or are you going to go somewhere else? With that? Yeah. Oh, no, I do. Uh, my one comment too, just to add to what you guys were saying is like, you know, how many people kind of like you said, you start and then you don't finish. You start something, you stop, you start, you stop. We just dabble in a million things. We never commit to anything. Commit yourself to it, put the time and the hours behind it. And you actually start to see a lot of really positive results from it. And it may take years, you know, it may take a long time. Like there's been parts of my life where I was trying to, you know, go to school, work this job, do this. And you feel like for two years, you're in a lull, but you know, you're just laying foundation and you know, anything, even, you know, quarterback NFL related, like you said, those drills you're doing, you got to drill it into your body, you know, and it takes some time, but eventually it pays off. Um, 
Yeah, so I had some funny questions for you, if you don't mind. There's just some yeah. some random ones. I think it'd be fun just to hear. Uh, one of my first questions is, uh, do you think you could beat Tom Brady in a 100-meter race? Shoot. I would like to say so, but I'm sure he's deceptively like faster than you think. But I... <laughs> yeah. I I always say my my wife will like make fun of me saying I'm slow, but I I'm my first my first couple steps are quick. Like I'm I'm getting out of the way. I don't know if I'm outrunning anybody, but I think I could beat him. The, yeah. I, I I better be able to beat him. Yeah, he's you, 42. You know we're tagging Tom Brady on that response, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I got another one. Do you think you can outbench uh, Drew Brees? Wow, what's he benching? What's he benching these days? I don't know, but he's got he's got some good looking arms, man. He always he seems to have had biceps for twenty years now. I know, but he's probably like two oh five, just lean. He's he's yeah. definitely not picking up heavy weights. I think I can get him. But I, he might I, do more push ups. Just he's, oh, he's probably got the endurance. That would be a good one, yeah. Okay. Um another one. So who can run a mile faster? You or Jameis Winston? Um, I'm gonna say me. I've been then we I this place we moved in uh in Four Door it is all these trails I've been running I'm getting my my mile time down it hasn't been good I don't want to say it but it is, I'm through hills and it's not just a flat terrain nice. I don't know I don't know Jameis Jameis might is probably conditioning too so it'd be good yeah you never know um okay who would win in an arm wrestling competition you or Ben Roethlisberger Roethlisberger. I was about to say, I'm going Big Ben on that one. (laughs) Yeah, he's got the size. (laughs) Okay, and then uh, one of my last ones is in a game of checkers or chess, if you can play chess, uh, do you think you could beat Tony Romo? Uh, If I practice, I I think I could get him, but he's probably a pretty intellectual guy. He is. I think, I don't know if I don't know if I would get him the first game, but Oh, out of five, on it. I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a one of five, maybe. Okay, one of five. It. I haven't played in so so long. So that's definitely you're losing to Peyton Manning. Then is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Yeah." He's uh, a chess cool. player. Oh yeah, it's a fun game, man. But uh, yeah, uh, Eric, you got anything else? No, man, I just want to say I um, really appreciate you uh, responding to us and, and coming on the show. It's been awesome. And, you know, one thing I really liked about when I had seen your Instagram account was that you had that you're a husband and a father and then, you know, your NFL quarterback stuff. It's it's kind of cool to see that because I feel like, you know, part of this platform that we have is to promote, you know, fathers, husbands, good men, you know, strong males who are doing stuff, you know, kind of share your story, your human experience. And uh, it's just been such a blessing for us to be able to talk to you man yeah Yeah, definitely man uh just like uh how you said this was the first podcast you've ever done uh you're actually our first nfl player we've talked to on the podcast Uh, we just started out and uh we've been talking to some big names you know in different fields but uh one of the things we wanted to definitely preach into is the nfl and preach into the league so uh we appreciate it man really do appreciate this talk uh yeah seemed like a really cool guy like i felt like i made a buddy so yeah, no, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, this is my first one, and my wife was asking me, like, what, why, is this, why are you doing this? And I'm like, they seem like cool guys. I, I'm not sure, you know? And, and so yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad I did it, I'm, and uh, this is awesome. Yeah, as I was gonna say, we're that's why we're called Just a Couple Dudes, because at the end of the day, man, like, it's not some – you know, it's not some crazy interview. It's not some sports interview. It's literally just a couple dudes talking, hanging out. Yeah, 
this is great. Glad we yeah, did this. Yeah, brother. Well, yeah, we consider you uh, one of the dudes now, man. So if you're ever in the Phoenix area, you know, hit us up. We'll go grab some lunch or some beers or something. Definitely. We were I, we, right before this quarantine. We I had a trip planned um, that March 19th, and it ended up having to cancel. We we're going to go golf in Phoenix, but I'm sure we'll we'll run it back there soon. So I'll definitely hit you guys up. Oh, absolutely, man. We're in contact now with a couple different uh, breweries and stuff now, so uh, we could show you some local uh, some local craft. Awesome. That sounds great. Okay, cool, man. And uh, so to all our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in for this episode and for listening. Um, You can find us at just a couple dudes um, underscore podcast. So jacked underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, We're on Spotify, Apple, and Podbean. Just look up J-A-K-D. That's Jack Podcast. And I'm your host, Eric Flatiger. And I'm your co-host, Anthony Cole. And today we had a lovely conversation with David. Thanks again, David. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. All right. So we'll, we'll keep in touch. Later, man.